Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everyone. I am K.A. Stats, the writer and creator of Vast Horizon. And I'm Travis Van Groff, the sound designer and producer. This week marks our six-year podcasting anniversary. And we couldn't be more excited to share it with you as we release our second episode of Vast Horizon's new season as full-time podcasters. Six years ago, we decided to give podcasting a try and fell in love with the medium. It is literally the thing we do day and night. Uh, we, we love creating shows and stories and bringing them to life. And we could not do that without the support of our patrons and the support of you, our listeners. We have come a long way since then, and we are excited to say that this year, Vast Horizon was a Webby nominee for the Scripted Fiction Podcast category. Thank you, everyone who voted for us. And also, uh, we did actually take home a Webby as The White Vault, our other story that we make as Fool and Scholar Productions. So simply put, thank you. Thank you all so much for making podcast one of the greatest parts of our lives. So without further ado, let's start episode two of season three of Vast Horizon. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Vast Horizon, Season 3, Episode 2, Decided. Lawrence, there, behind you. The indicator light just came on. Yeah, this one. It's a proximity sensor, but I don't know what classification this is. Nalira, an XLR D10 class vessel is rapidly approaching. It lacks functional propulsion control or required engine venting connections. 
That ship, the Exolarchy ship from before. They said they had lost a tin-class ship in the area. Can we scan the tin? Are there life signs aboard? I can turn off the notification light if you would prefer, Nalira. Ali, please scan the tin. I want to know, just like Lawrence had asked, is someone alive in there? There is one active life sign aboard the tin. Recorded flight data shows that there were originally two crew. Tin-class ships are customarily flown with two crew, a pilot, and a support. The active life sign is seated in the pilot's control. If they have no functional propulsion control, then they're just drifting. We could maneuver the Walton onto an intercepting path and use the adjusters to catch the tin and bring it in. I can control adjusters as long as I only need to do two at a time. Allie, please, you agreed to let Lawrence stay. You need to listen to him and respond. Are we able to safely collect the tin? It is possible to bring the tin into the docking bay without further damage to either vessel. Sergeant Lawrence is correct in assuming that this maneuver would require the use of the adjusters, though it would require the simultaneous use of four to ensure no damage to either vessel. I'm sure you can just pilot the adjusters, Ali. They're far easier to pilot than any ship. I could control the four adjusters. This is not the issue. Issue? There's someone on that tin. Ali, there's someone we can help. We should try. We're capable. At least I know you are. So why not? This does not further our goal. The Exilarchy pilot poses many new variables if introduced. I want to protect you, Nalira, and the emergence. Collecting the tin would merely be a distraction. Distraction? It's a life. Ali, if you want to create something better than us, why do you continue to act like this? to be no way to get you to leave. I have been told before that I can be rather insistent when I think I'm doing something worthwhile. <laughs> it's both the reason I was so productive at my first post in Grinnell and why I was eventually restationed. They found use for your skills elsewhere. I can see the appeal in that. <laughs> well, more so they saw the benefit of not having my skills in Grinnell anymore, shooing me away with a promotion. If only there were a more interesting prisoner for you. You are safe on board these ships. I know that there are great differences in the ways the Exilarchy and Free Planets and the Technocracy administer justice, but we don't threaten people with physical harm. When you say you're in danger, it makes me wonder who you are talking about. I assume Nolira didn't threaten you. Had she, I would have been justified to act on my thoughts. But you didn't. So, she didn't. See, Sinon, I think Nolira did the opposite. She helped you. She advocated for a mark to be made on your record requiring that you undergo an individual trial, helping you make her look better. But if you help me and the crew to save those embryos, it may add some leniency to your future judgment. Maybe it would bring Nolira back to the people she's trying to escape. All you have to do is tell me what is threatening you into silence, and possibly Nolira into these actions. Those dreaded children, they do not know anything of this war, or of who she is. They would be raised by the Jinthan. Well, yes, I guess that is true. They know nothing of anything. 
They're not even children yet. But it is interesting that she plans to raise them. I don't see how she could. Take it before it gets cold. The protein is bland. Expect little else from the stores aboard. It's surprising that the leaves were even brought on at all in the mess to move supplies. They didn't even get the alcohol on board at any time. Officer, could you wait over there? Sinon's not going anywhere, and I think your presence makes it more difficult to speak freely. I can give you seven meters maximum. That is the requirement. Then we'll take the full seven, please. Right. If he hears or not, we are still being watched. You would be a fool to think otherwise. It's not the captain or the commander you're worried about, so tell me who is watching us, Sinon. Tell me how they are watching us. If this really is something that Nolira is being forced to do, then it's only out of selfish spite that you would want to see Nolira further drag those embryos away from their homes and eventual families. It is powerful enough to do all of this. It threatened me on the Bifrost and again aboard the Walton. The only reason I live is because of her. You want a fair trial? You didn't hurt Nolira when you had the chance. I never had the chance. Not with it protecting her. It? I do not believe that you would have hurt her, regardless. Nolira spoke well of you. I think you're better than all of this. I think, if we get out of this, and you have helped, your life could be returned to you. Not if it is taken. If it is that powerful, certainly. It no longer cares about you, Sinon. There is something else I want. Tell me, and I will see what I can do. I want my neuroblocker removed. I am not sure I can make that happen. But I can ask on your behalf. Though, there are no facilities on these auxiliary vessels capable of doing that kind of surgery safely. Or as far as I know, I will try. It isn't her. It's something in the ship. The computer, the interface. It controlled the Bifrost, the Walton, Nolira's limbs, and me. I thought at first it was the Bifrost computer, but it has grown. Nolira said it was broken. There is something else you haven't said yet. It has errors. It breaks from the laws for AI and sees itself as something larger and grander. I worry it may be true. A rogue AI. Possibly. It has said it is not AI, but I have no way to explain it otherwise. It can control every system. <sighs> Telling you this does not help us, but now you know. It is not Nolira, not her alone. Officer, come back to your post. Thank you, Sinon. And I will see about the neural blocker. Keep the prank keen. There's more in the thermos. If you want to create something better than us, why do you continue to act like this? What do you mean, Nolira? I am focused on the greater goal. You cannot just- Lawrence, please. Ali, how do you expect to handle an entire colony, an entire civilization, of distracted humans and Trenin? 
This is just one distraction, and you already said it was easy to bring the ship in. We don't consider people in need to be distractions. Consider this an opportunity to begin displaying the behavior you would want your people to display. I understand now. Though I would prefer to remain focused on the betterment of the whole, I understand it is also key to your mental well-being to focus on the safety of individuals and to give value to all life. This is one of the traits I value in you, Nolira, and why I am glad you have chosen to be of aid to the emergence. I will adjust our heading and deploy the needed adjusters when we are within range of the tin. I hope that this helps to alleviate your worries, Nolira, and demonstrates my willingness to adapt to create the best outcome from the odd emotional choices organic life forms make. It does, Ali. And I'll be here as long as I can help you keep making better choices. Thank you, Nolira. Well, I guess I'll see if I can prep the medical bay for a Tremon patient. I will address that, Sergeant Lawrence. Your assistance is not yet required. So... Allie can pilot the ship, and the adjusters, and set the medbay. What do we do? Nothing? Not yet, anyways. Our influence is minimal. That's a joke. <laughs> Nolera, you just got Allie to save that pilot. That's not minimal. That's key. You really did stay for them. It's almost impossible to lie now, Lawrence. So get used to it. Allie's willing to work with our flaws, but not with our lies or violence. Though I do fear that one day she'll realize we're too flawed to be controlled. Careful throwing those ideas around. She may just end up wanting to get rid of everyone. No, I think she's grown out of that phase. What? Nolira is correct. Now I see that there is possible benefit to only eliminating the detrimental influences. The complete annihilation of a species is not the answer. I will not make that mistake again. Again? The emergence will be an achievement for both myself and the bounds of organic life. The adjustments to our heading have been made. We will reach the tin vessel adjustment range in one hour, 55 minutes. Given time for adjustments and collection, we will be returned to our route within three hours. And where is it we're going? On this note, I want to make a clarification. Nolira, previously, when we discussed happiness and the failure of your heroic actions to redeem you of your past, I made a statement that I do not believe you understood in the same context in which I meant it. When I stated that there was a race that inhabited three planets in a single solar system, it is distant now, in time and space. I believe you thought we were far from the location of those planets. This is not true. As the planets rotated along with the solar system in the galaxy, we are now far from the location in which those events first happened, but the planets remain near. I understand that this is not generally how organic life perceives location in space, as you die too quickly to measure it as such with any relevance to your life. What are you trying to say, Ali? You don't need to apologize for that. It wasn't a lie, but a mistake. Shit. Nolira. She means we're heading to the local planets. Captain Park will need to be informed of the loss of the embryonic bats. That's a conversation to be had in private. It may not be information we want the rest of his crew to know outside of his second-in-command. I will ask him for a private channel before our next communication. Ben Avi, please send out the private communication request to Captain Park. Yes, sir. Sending it through his private command console. The Zemek is a larger class ship than the Walton, and it was only an auxiliary vessel for the Bifrost. Uh, truly puts the scale of a loss into perspective. 
The Simek was designed to be a new command vessel after the Bifrost was established as a small station in the core system. Also, as an emergency vessel, it allows for the Bifrost fleet to maintain all the necessities of such a space-locked population. It is lucky the Simek and the other ships removed themselves from the Bifrost fast enough to escape a similar fate. Captain, you have confirmation of a private call with Captain Park? Should I send him through? Yes. Sarpon, you sent a private request. Is something wrong? Our approach? Excuse my crew, they all already know what I am going to say, and there is not much room for privacy aboard the Walton Auxiliary vessels. But I need to speak with you alone regarding some of what remains of the Bifrost. Yes. Not much, I'm afraid. Except the embryonic vats in the nursery. Sadly. When we jumped the emergency evacuation so quickly, we sent our nursery team to begin the evacuation protocols. From their detailed report, regardless of what they tried, the vats were not able to be disconnected and removed to an auxiliary vessel for evacuation. The only options we had were to either improperly disconnect the vats for removal and damage the ability of the vats to maintain embryonic viability, or to set them to emergency settings that allow them to be safely recovered later on during the salvage of the Bifrost. Sarhan, were you able to recover the vats? Yes and no. The vats were safely recovered and moved to the Walton for transport back to technocracy space. But now you don't have the Walton. That is the simplest explanation for our situation, yes. Give me the detailed explanation. Trun, take the solid down. My second in command, Kinsinan Trun, is on the call. Anything you say to me, Trun, will know. Perfectly fine. So... We arrived at the Bifrost to respond to a Green Zone emergency beacon. Exact times and dates will be in the report Commander Gran sends over after this conversation, sending in one of our auxiliary vessels for the rescue. Captains, Green Zone beacons must be activated by crew. We left no one aboard the Bifrost, but we have the digital manifest. Don't trust anything digital, but we will get to that shortly. When we arrived, we found two persons aboard what remained of the bulk of the Bifrost. A prisoner released from suspension, Sansanon on Rune, and an agronomist, Dr. Nolira Ek. Ah, one moment. It's our hope that both Dr. Ek and Sansanon on Rune were found in good health or promptly received needed medical attention. Additionally, we would like to officially note that uh, in our manifest we accounted for both individuals and now understand this to be an error. Once full communication is restored between Bifrost Auxiliary Fleet, I will personally audit the full manifest with the assistance of the vessel leads. We are currently unsure of how both were marked as having been removed to the Auxiliary Fleet, but we are aware that the emergency evacuation was not as orderly as perfect circumstances were allowed. More so than mistaken documentation, Captain. I'm sure you may have questions regarding Dr. Heck. No questions. The news of her actual identity did not remain hidden for long once she was brought aboard the Walton. But yes, both rescued persons were restored to health following their rescue. Dr. Eck proceeded to heal from injuries over several days, until the day we were required to leave the Walton. Is the doctor not with you now? No. Dr. Eck and the embryonic vats remain on the Walton and outside of our collective reach. One of my officers is also on board, a gunnery sergeant who previously worked in Dr. X protective detail back during the war. From the report sent over from the data packet, you stated that something forced the evacuation of the Walton, but it was incredibly vague on details. While we do not fully understand the situation, the events were rather straightforward. 
We had found the wreck of the Bifrost and had no information on the location of the Bifrost fleet. We found Dr. Eck and Sonon Rune at the location of the Green Zone Beacon and brought them aboard after salvaging the embryonic vats. Later on, we began to lose control over the Walton systems. Eventually, we had no control. Dr. Eck, now referred to additionally as Dr. Jiang Antui, came to us with a deal. She would provide us with the information on your fleet's location and allow us to reach you in time to save your damaged vessels if we evacuated the Walton and left the vats aboard with her. But a lot like the woman many assume her to be. So we should assume that your acceptance of this ransom is the reason we're now free of the dwarf planet and have regained additional functions. Yes. Once we left the Walton, our auxiliary vessels automatically began to pilot to this location to meet up with and assist the Bifrost fleet. Thankfully, it appears we were able to arrive in time to help your most in need. I I do not understand how what you are saying is possible. A single human or even a dragon is not capable of controlling so many ships at once. Certainly not without significant systems and programs in place. We are still looking into this. For now, I wanted to speak regarding the embryonic vats. I don't believe now is the time to inform the population of the Bifrost fleet of their loss. With the limited controls and functions available to us, we must focus on getting the Bifrost fleet out of here and to the slipline junction. While some of your vessels are built for long-term use, many are not. More so, I noted in your reports that you have worries about the crew still in suspension. Yes, the suspension pods were all transferred to their specific auxiliary vessels, but because of the lack of control, we have only a skeleton crew on each suspension ship. The attendants have only been able to send short updates, but they are quickly beginning to suffer from overwork, and the suspension vessels need a full crew rotation to sustain long-term space travel. We can aid in the coordination of crew for the suspension vessels, if you have your attendants and doctors prepared. I will send them the information for our coordination following this call. So, are we in agreement that the Bifrost crew should not be informed about the loss of the VATs until a later time? For now, yes. They have a right to know, but we have to focus on survivors. A specialized recovery team would be of more use than our overpacked and confused fleet. Captain, the Wave 4 has broken from formation and is headed for an intercept course for the first of the two Cyroid 7 escape pods. Additionally, our EVA team has begun the repairs to the first of the damaged Bifrost fleet ships, but we will require the supplies from the Semek to fully restore the oxygen generators. I believe those are already on their way. Yes, the supplies will arrive via EV Hall within 10 to 15 minutes to the location of your EVA team. For now, we are in agreement. Thank you for making a very difficult decision to save the lives of my people. I know it was not easy. But at least for now, I have several incoming calls from fleet ships gaining the communication capabilities. Let's get those ships fixed and get out of this mess of an asteroid belt. The local planets? We're that close? Isn't that a bit dangerous, Ali? Won't they come looking there first? They will try, but they will be unsuccessful. I have not permitted accurate scans or data of my local system to be recorded by the technocracy or any Trenton organization for several hundred years. Now, though, it is too late for their interference to impact the emergence. Here is the data the technocracy has stored. This says the planets are uninhabitable. The radiation readings are extremely dangerous. One of the planets is so near to the volatile sun that the ionization of the ozone and depletion of the atmosphere is considered imminent. 
The other... Well, each of them is considered lost for further development and too costly for mining. It's one of the reasons the area is still contested space. There's no reason to press for full technocracy or alliance control. This is what I have constructed when vessels come to scan the system. I have sent back inaccurate information to protect the planets in the future emergence. I had not known I would use them for this purpose, but after my previous mistakes, I felt responsible for the remaining life on the habitable planet and moons. So there are some still alive down there. I apologize. My statement was unclear. No. Those that I eliminated are gone, absolutely. But the planet's other life, what you would deem the native flora and fauna, have been thriving for generations in their absence. I have tended to them, like gardens. I think you will like them, Nolira. Nolira. I think if there's nothing I can do, Ellie, I'm going to go lay down. I hope you can understand how emotionally taxing today has been. <sighs> Just a nap, before the tin arrives. I understand. Please, rest well. Wait, Nolira! If we're going to do anything, we're running out of time. It may be a lot harder to get the vats back to the technocracy once we've landed. Lawrence, I've told you, I don't think there is a way out of this. And I don't think it's safe for you to try anything. Really. There has to be something we can do. There must be some weakness we're not seeing. Why is Ali so insistent that it goes unknown? That the others not know about what's really in control. Is it fear? And if so, why be fearful? Lawrence, Ali's made it clear in the past that she greatly dislikes the cruelty that organic life is capable of. Cruelty of organic life? It would have let the Bifrost die for what it wanted. What I'm trying to say, Lawrence, is I believe that Ali thinks the less our human and training groups know of her plans, the less danger her future society will be in. She's thinking it out, planning for the future. But if it were all-powerful, it wouldn't need to worry. I also think she's just trying to be... nice, and do things more quickly. Imagine if she'd revealed herself to Captain Sarpon. His attempts to understand and resist Ali would almost certainly have resulted in a delay of the Bifrost crew rescue, and likely more deaths. Maybe them not knowing is the best way to avoid bloodshed. Either way, you don't need to whisper. Ali can hear you regardless. I can Fine then, Allie. Tell me, how do we get rid of you? You cannot, but I can get rid of you. Do you even die? Do you even have an off switch? I am uncertain of whether or not I can die. You are aware of death because it is a recorded fact for all organic life. You grow, age, and learn that eventually you will die. I do not know if that is possible for me, as I have no counterparts to compare myself with. See? Now, Lawrence, please don't try to stand in Ellie's way. I don't want to see you hurt. Really. I do not wish to hurt others anymore, but I will, if it is required, to continue the work of the Emergence. What about the lives of the people in the Bifrost fleet? You let them suffer in fear for your own gain. You stalled their escape and used them to barter. You had no right to use their lives like that. When the Bifrost crew became aware of the fate of their craft, they began evacuation plans without the knowledge I possessed. I collected the fleet vessels and hid them on the far side of the asteroid belt, near a collection of super-dense metallic asteroids capable of protecting them from the same forces that destroyed the Bifrost. The crew of the Bifrost is only alive now because I took control, though I did not tell them. In many human and Trenin cultures, this is considered a life debt. I feel justified in taking the embryos in exchange. And the 
embryos are only alive now because Allie helped me save them back on the Bifrost. Allie, you saved the Bifrost. Yes. Still, this doesn't mean you have a free pass to play with people's lives. This is a crime on a massive scale. You may not want to talk about it, but I'll try. Whatever I come up with, be ready. Please, Lawrence, just let it go. Rest well. I will come get you when the tin is near docking. Our course is steady and the fleet is in safe formation behind us. We've exited the distal fringe of the asteroid belt, sir. At this pace, we should leave the local system and reach the slipline junction within 37 hours. Only one planetary orbit remains to be crossed, and we have no reasons to be wary of an exit from the system at this time. More so, repairs required for the remaining damaged Bifrost auxiliary vessels are underway, with no expected delays or additional resource requirements. <sighs> we really might pull this off. I did not doubt you, Captain. We disagreed at points, but I never doubted your capabilities. Well, glad to hear it from one of us. Captain, full functionality has returned. Check with the other vessels. Get me an open long-distance channel to the slip line. Get all the data you can off the scanners and print it now. Write out anything. There has to be film somewhere on this ship. No connection to the junction yet, Captain. Additional ships are reporting full functionality, but not all. Get the Simac on the comms and keep reaching for the junction. Yes, Captain. Captain Sarma and Captain Bark is currently on hold with several fleet vessel pilots. I will be in assistance if I can. Our Wave 1 and several other Walton Auxiliary vessels have regained full functionality. Tell me the status of the Simic. We still only have limited functions available. Reports are coming in that several of our foremost ships nearest to our vessels are experiencing full function rest. We've lost it, sir. We're back to limited functionality. Did we get a connection to the junction? No, sir. Then we can still make short comms with other Auxiliary vessels and some of the Bifrost fleet. We didn't have enough time to get the data off the computers. Get the Simek back on the line. Connecting, Captain. Reports from the fleet are still coming in. We lost full functionality just now. We're back to limited control. Open to any ideas on what happened? I have the Bifrost's lead, science officer Dr. Lamechia here, and Captain Park is gathering reports from fleet vessels with full functionality. Hello, Captain Sapwin. I'm Dr. Lamechia. Thankfully, the Simek is not fitted with a full standard set array. And if we regain functionality, my hope is to run a full diagnostic on the fleet and array of the local system scan. My team and I don't know what we're dealing with yet, but we're certainly going to try and find out. Do we know anything so far? One moment, Captain. Hello, Everett. Some of our fleet have regained a lot of their full functionality. Others have just regained it. Any indication of why? No idea yet, Captain. Just as we have no idea on how this is happening in the first place. But, looking at these reports on the fleet map, there may be a pattern. Show us. Bring it on screen. See, here. If we model it as an action map over time, the ships regaining functionality seem to pass through this part of open space. If this could be believed, we should expect these ships indicated here to regain full functionality shortly. If I had more information, I might be able to determine why. Our auxiliary vessels do not have the quality of scientific tools and arrays aboard the Simek, but we will see what we can provide. I have to get back to the fleet. Excuse me. Please call back with any updates. Captain, 
Odinboro has come to speak with you. And we are expecting new reports any moment. Assemble anything we have for Dr. Mamicha and send in Barrow. Excuse me, there's a visitor at the door. <sighs> the tin is getting nearer to the Walton and the adjusters have been deployed. And I need to apologize. Now that I know about Ali and what's happening, it all makes so much more sense. But there was some time when I really thought this could have been you. I went through some mental contortions trying to justify your actions, knowing what you've been through, but I still never should have doubted you. I still never should have thought you could have done this. And I'm sorry I did. If we're apologizing for our thoughts now, well, I don't think we have time for that. Not mine, at least. It's selfish of me makes me feel better. Well then, you're forgiven. Sounds good to me. Ellie? The tin class vessel has been secured. The repressurization and decontamination procedures have begun. Vast Horizon, Episode 22, Decided. Written and created by K.A. Stats. Produced with sound design by Travis Vengroff. Mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader. With senior sound designer Dane Leonardson. Dialogue editing by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. And featuring executive producer Dennis Greenhill. Starring Siobhan Lumsden as Dr. Nolira Eck. Tanya Miloyevich as Ali. Daniel Demerin as Sunsananan Rune. A.R. Olivieri as Sergeant Lawrence. David Devereaux as Auden Barrow. David Alt as Captain Sarpon. Lonnie Manila as Commander Gran. L. Jeffrey Moore as Captain Park, Peter Lewis as Kenpin and Shrun, and Benja Zahalawa as Dr. Nyoto Jemison Mametya. Also featuring Travis Vengroff, Michelle Tan, Mimi Chan, and Tamur Yachalov. The title theme, Adrift, was written by Brandon Boone, arranged by Stephen Malin, and performed by the Budapest Scoring Choir. Translations were provided by Sophie Yang. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon. Please consider supporting our show at patreon.com slash foolandscholar or by sharing this show with a friend. This production is copyrighted 2021 by Fool and Scholar Productions and Vast Horizon is a trademark of Caitlin Stats. Thank you for listening. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.